0: Welcome everyone to your new home of track and field ramblings hosted by Matt Lynch. This is a safe place for weird and wonderful athletics banners, so come on in and join the fun. And welcome to Athletics Tonight. Wow, what an introduction. Let's give a big round of applause for the house band, ASAP, Ferguson, Rotich, and the Kelsey Lee Barbershop Quartet. I am indeed your host, Matt Lynch, and I hope to walk you through the jungle that is track and field from a heavily Australian perspective. What do we want to bring here at Athletics tonight? I want to bring you the big news in Australian and world athletics, event previews and reviews and interviews with those who had anything to do with athletics in Australia and the world, and some people who have nothing to do with anything, the people that make it happen. Now, this episode in no particular order, I hope to bring you a quick Olympic review, including the Dark Horse of the Year award. Now, for those who don't know, we award the Dark Horse of the Year to athletes who essentially came out of nowhere to make a national team. So start thinking, who was your surprise packet for this year and who launched themselves to the lofty heights of the Tokyo Olympics? We'll also have a shallow review of the pre-Fontaine Classic for 2021, and to finish it off, a fantasy scenario, your all-time men's Australian 4x400 metre team. I want you to get into your mind stats and set out your dream team. What leg they'll run and why, I want to know. You've got to be solid with your answers, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back with the rest of Athletics Tonight. Now, there's not much that hasn't already been said about this uh, Australian team. It was phenomenal. If you want to check it out, hashtag Stats. 63 athletes donning the green and golden, just doing us proud. I loved that. I didn't love being in lockdown. I loved that being in the same time zone. We had a morning of athletics and an evening of athletics, and it just didn't stop for, what, seven or eight days? Absolute perfection. We haven't had that since 2008 Beijing. Now, there's a few things I want to touch on. The number one, it was the highest rated event on TV. I think what had three million viewers. Rowan Browning's semi-final. Let's arc back to that heat. Lane one, Rowan Browning, ten oh one, wins his heat, scalps the likes of Johan Blake, and he does it with a phenomenal mullet. I've already said phenomenal twice now, so that's probably hit my limit. But I want to know the, the marketing that came into that. Was it a marketing decision, the mullet, Rowan? Tell me. I need to know. Were you up in Cairns being like... Or Mackay beforehand? Just been like, you know what? I'm in the men's 100. People are going to watch it. They love watching the 100. It's a blue Room event. Yeah, you know. Mullets are in. They're in. People want to see the mullets as well. So, you know what? I have mentioned I do need a haircut. Let's get a mullet on. Let's win the heat. And from lane one, run 10.01, become the second fastest Australian of all time. Scalp Shervo... I've got Patrick Johnson in my sights. I want to go sub 10. What a way to do it. And to be honest, he was thirst trapping the entire nation. Everyone loves some Rowan Browning right now. But do you know who else they love? Peter Bowl I think that was one of the other top rated, his final, as it should be. Now, if Peter Boll right now ran for prime minister, he would be in. he would be straight away. I don't know what platform... Bowl is running on. I don't know what party he is in, but if he's running on the platform of breaking Oceania records and running sub one forty four soon, hopefully, that's what he's gonna do. So that's his that's his platform. I promise to run sub 144, vote one bowl. He's got my vote. He's got my vote. And look, we can't obviously, you know we did have three medals. Clutch Kelsey Lee Barber. Un- just unbelievable effort from her. Ash Maloney He'll win Paris 2024. Sorry, Kevin Mayo I know he'd want to do that in his home country. And Nicola McDermott from the Central Coast, Mingara's own Nicola McDermott. Fantastic effort. But we're going to go quickly after this quick short break to our Dark Horse of the Year Award. Now, remember, Dark Horse of the Year, the athlete that came out of nowhere. I'll give you a few seconds to think about it, and we'll be back with that Dark Horse Award. Okay, now we're back again. For the Dark Horse of the Year. Now, let me reiterate the Dark Horse of the Year award is for someone who came out of nowhere. So, think back, put your mind back in November and think to this Olympic team who back then were you like, oh, there's no way that they would have made it. And then all of a sudden, bang, they're rolling around Tokyo, they're rolling around the nation's capital in Japan. Now, I put this out on Instagram today and we got a fair few very good responses. Now, one of them, there's a few of them that agree with me. Now, we, there is a rule with uh, the Dark Horse of the Year. We never give it to juniors uh, because juniors, the whole thing is that juniors just come out of nowhere all the time. There's two rules with juniors. They come out of nowhere and they always get perfect conditions. So juniors, anyone under the age of 20, you can't win Dark Horse of the Year. Sorry. But the main one for the females, we've got two actually. Hannah Bashich, she even voted for herself. And look, she was my pick. Back in December, she came up to Queensland and ran 11.63. Okay, that was her PB then. She hadn't broken a PB for seven, no, six years. Back in 2014, as a junior, she ran 11.64. And then in 2020, in December, she ran 11.63. And she was pumped. Look, i ran a PB. I haven't run a PB in six years. And then rolled through the season, She's run 11.16 and she's rolling out 11.3 and to be honest, she would have made the semis if they'd seeded them better and she was in a better semi, so sucks about that, but Hannah Basic, she is one half or maybe even a quarter or maybe even a fifth because the other one, Amy Cashin, Amy Cashin making the team not just on points but hitting the qualifier. In the 3,000 metre staple chase. Based in America, so doesn't get as much rep over in Australia. But look, Amy Cashin, I think we'll see her hopefully in Oregon and in the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. Now, on the men's side, I've got a couple myself. And we've got a lot of votes here as well. Now, Jai Edwards, come on. In November, were you just sitting around the dinner table telling, Hey, Mum, Dad, Jai Edwards is going to make the Olympics. Like, I'm sure his training partners and his coaches, they were like, yeah, look, he's running pretty damn well. But even when at the one of the meets in Canberra, he rolls 337, he's like, man, that was pretty sick. But even, did we even think then that he was going to roll sub-335 and keep just dropping times upon times upon times? Now, another athlete who was very similar to that, Ed Trippus. you know, in the 8.30s, in the steeplechase, grinding away, goes over to Spain, drops a qualifier, bang, I'm on the team. That's just one of the, I absolutely love that. Another one in that boat as well, Charlie Hunter. Before this year, he wasn't even running 800 metres. He rolls out in January in a DMR for Oregon, pretty bloody good DMR team, I might say, and he rolls 147, I'm like, mate. You run 800s now. He's like, yeah, that was actually pretty easy. Like, I think I'm going to do an individual 800 metres in a a week or so. I'll see how I go. Bang, 145.6. Breaks the Oceania area record indoors. And then only a few short months later, he runs 145.35. At the time, the second fastest Australian of all time. Sorry, Pete, now you're the record holder. So he's the third fastest of all time. But Charlie Hunter, he is coming hard for that record. Now... Again, the dark horse, we don't like to give it to people who have been there before, but, you know, a three-time Olympian, Jeff Risley. Did you think he was going to make the Olympic team? Did you think he was going to run 144? Good on him. Fantastic. Four Olympics. What a hog. He's just gobbling up all those Olympics. One's pretty cool. Two's sick. Three's epic. Four, that's just a world on its own there. With Danny Samuels and Lisa Waitman, they are both running competing in their fourth Olympics as well so the Dark Horse of the Year I've given about seven that was just an email from the Sydney Roosters don't worry about that um, two female Dark Horse of the Year awards Hannah Bashic and Amy Cashin and in the men's side Ed Trippus, Joy Edwards Charlie Hunter and Jeff Risley congratulations to you your horse statue the Black Stallion it's on its way to your home address now stay tuned for plenty more track and field here at Athletics tonight, so we're back to the Diamond Leagues. We do have the 2021 Pre Classic back at Haywood Field. The last time it was on, it was in uh, Stanford, which is a little bit weird. But we cannot go past the women's 100 meters. We do have the Olympic champion the back-to-back Olympic champion Elaine Thompson-Hera and shelly ann Fraser-Price, the silver medalist, the bronze medalist Sharika Jackson, all lining up against Shikari Richardson. Now, this is the site of Shikari's USA Trials uh, victory. Now, we haven't seen her for a month. She's been uh, having a bit of a spell on the sidelines. But it's it's been a pretty successful spell, I must say, in terms of... Uh, Peripheral stuff. Uh, She did star in a Beats by Dre commercial uh, with an unveiling of one of Kanye's new songs. So think to yourself, is this the best thing that happened to Shikari? I know she's young, but say she went to the Olympics and came, you know, it would have been like Sharika Jackson ran 10.75 and got third. Shikari's only run 10.72. Who knows what she would have come. If she went there and came fourth, would that have been better? Than what's happened. Now more people know her. And now she's rolling in to this prefontaine classic against the first, second, third, and fourth from that games. And fifth. So I'm looking forward to this. This is gonna be very, very exciting. Who's gonna win? Look, to be honest, I, I think Elaine Thompson's probably gonna run ten five here at uh, Eugene after seeing what they did at the the trials. It's gonna be just unbelievable that is look the men's hundred to be honest don't really care about it too much jacobs not running sue from china the fastest start ever in that semi-final over in tokyo he's not running so it is a bit of whatever the women's 800 meters we got mu and Hodgkinson. they could be at world juniors right now both of them are 19 years old and they're like you know what I might just skip juniors' year. I'm just going to go win the gold and the silver at the Olympics, and then I'm going to just going to do the Diamond League and just rake in the cash. They could be at world juniors right now. That is just the level that they're at. The women's 1500 metres is another of our unbelievable races. Faith Kip-Jagin and Laura Muir, one and two over in Tokyo. We've got Debuy Stafford, but we do have Lyndon Hall and Jess Hull both in this field here, getting over to America. They're going to mix it with the best. They're playing ping-pong with that record, Hull and Hall. It's in, it's in Hull's court now, 358-81. She ran over in Tokyo in the semi. But Lyndon did take her by about five spots and ran 359 01. So She's getting closer and closer in that final. That's one I'm very, very excited for. And also the the women's 400-meter hurdles. The Lala Muhammad. The former world record holder until Sydney started having a massive crack this year. And Shamir Little, probably the unluckiest athlete in the world. She's fourth in the world this year, but she didn't make the uh, USA team because she clipped a hurdle at the USA trials and ended up coming fourth there as well. So she'll get a chance to hopefully rake in a little bit of cash. I'm looking forward to also the the women's... There's a two mile for both the men and the women. G'day who is the 10K record holder, and Helena Beery. They're rolling up in these two miles. 8.50, 8.58, 850, Meseret Defar back in 2007. The next best is 9.11 all time. So that one is going to be pretty exciting. I think Giddy's going to try and go for that record. Now, speaking of records, Sifan Hassan wants the 5,000-meter record. She's lining up. She's put it out there. She did say it'll be a bit tricky. She ran 24.5Ks in that humid Tokyo weather. But she wants that 5,000-meter record. It's 14.06.62. It's Giddy's that we just mentioned before. So this is a bit of a revenge tour for Sifana-san. She missed out on... Well, she didn't miss out on it. She had the 10K record for two days until Giddy took it. So now she's trying to go and scalp that record back. Her best is 14.22.12. She's got to lop off, 16 seconds off that. The top eight all-time are Ethiopian athletes. So Safan Hassan, she's going to try and get through that. Over in Eugene. I think she can do it. Whether she can do it right now after what she put herself through in in Tokyo, I don't know. But to be honest, look, I wouldn't put it past Hassan. She's ridiculous right now. Over to the men's events. I'm looking forward to this 200 meters again. The men's 200 meters. It's probably better than the men's 100 right now. Lyles, Benarek, Rye Benjamin rolling out of 200 after having to sit behind Carsten Vorholm and watch him run 45 9, which I still haven't gotten over. My mind is still blown apart along the walls. It's taken me a while to scrub my brains off the walls there. Running 46 1 and coming second is just silly, but. Love to see what he can roll out here. We're in a 43.4 in the split for the 4x4. He has gone sub 20. I'm loving to see what he can do in that race there. Now, we go to the Bowelman Mile. Probably the 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 highlight event each year at the Prefontaine Classic. And we do have the number one mile athlete in the world this year, Stuart McSwain lining up. He's 348-37 from Oslo, has him at number one, but he is up against a ridiculous field. Timothy Chariot and Jakub Ingebrigtsen, they're highlighting at the top. Now, Ingebrigtsen, he's only run a 351.30 for the mile back in 2019. We know he's in much better shape than that. So the European record from Steve Cram. I could be up for grabs, 346.32. Now, I was at Prefontaine in 2017, just a little humble bragging, or is that there, whatever, when he ran the, he was the youngest, he became the youngest sub-4-minute miler in history back in 2017, so he's back again, and look, to be honest, 346. I think he could do it but I'd love to see Stu get up there. We have Matt Ramsden and Ollie Hoare out there as well, and hopefully we can get a few of the athletes under 3 minutes 50. We do have the shot put, Brian Krauser. He's back at his world record stadium. He's from Portland, Oregon. It's as close as home as possible. Look, is 23.50 up for grabs? I think so. Now, another thing that gets me really excited, that's me tapping, tapping the start list because that's how bloody excited I am. The two-mile. Now, if you've never watched it, go and YouTube Craig Mottram, Prefontaine, two-mile. I'm going to play his post-race interview at the end of this. One of the greatest things you've ever seen in your life. He runs 803.50, the third fastest of all time, only behind Halley Gabriel and Daniel Komen. It's just phenomenal. i look forward to this. It's on August 21, USA time, so should be our time on the 22nd, very early in the morning. I'm not sure how you're going to be able to watch it. Probably just get a VPN and hit the YouTube. I'm going to be doing that as well. So, look, we're all in the same boat here. But thanks for listening to the Prefontaine Diamond League preview. And here is Craig Mottram's post-race interview from his two-mile 803.50. And Michele second and the six-foot-two Camp getting third with the American record. Let's go to Bob. Yeah, we're both looking up at these numbers. 80350. What you had in mind today? I wanted to win today, so that was um that was the aim and I knew I'd have to run pretty quick. Eight oh three is quicker than I thought, but I honestly do think seven fifty-eight, the world record of koeman has got, is definitely the only record that's sort of still and not easy to get, but it's definitely gettable and today conditions weren't great and I reckon I can run under eight minutes for two miles. You chased a very fast pace. Does it come down to just guts at this point? Just inner the desire to win you know when you're caught up in that quick pace that comes down to the size of your balls really <laughs> if you've got enough guts to go with it and most of the guys today did i was keeping an eye on the big screen to see who was keeping up and who was dropping off and I'm always going to go with the pace that's just the way i run i try to win the race if i can't keep up well. At least I know that I got beaten fair and square rather than hanging back and trying to run a tactical race. It doesn't always work. So at least I know if I go as hard as I can and run the best I can, I'll be competitive and hard to beat. Congratulations. Thanks very much. A big one for Bartram. Tom. Huh? All right, got to love those Aussies. <laughs> now we have made it to the final segment of the first episode of Athletics Tonight. And if you've made it this far, look, give yourself a round of applause. There's not long to go. And this is the time for our fantasy scenario your all-time men's Australian 4x4 team. I did put this out into the world to see what you've come up with. I've got my own in my brain. I want to see what we've got here. Let's go through our Instagram. Roffy Jr. has got Darren Clark first to Stephenson second, offerings in third, and Steve Solomon in fourth. That's not a bad team. I like it. Rowan Lauren Day. look, it's hard to look past the silver bullets. Honestly, it really is. But maybe swap Omrod right out for Darren Clark. Oh, I can't really argue with that one either. Alec Diamond here. He's got he's gone very specific. 1988 version of Darren Clark off the blocks. That's the Australian record holding. Darren Clark. 1980 Rick Mitchell, silver medalist. 06 Stephenson in third, and 04 Ankar, Clinton Hill in fourth. That's a fuck, that's a really fucking good team. Now even Ty Hooper has gone Stephenson Norman. I'm guessing Peter Norman. Love it. John Milburn and Darren Clark. Brad Taylor up from Athletics North Queensland. has gone a fresh Ash Maloney to offerings to Solomon and Stephenson in the anchor. And Thomas P. Gamble. No, I don't recognize who that is. No, I do, of course. He's gone. Ian Dewhurst, me, Carew, and <laughs> Nick Huff. Look, Tom. That was the team for the 2013 World University Games. But you ran last instead of Nick Halflook. If it wasn't for you, not eating spaghetti before the final, that's why we dropped four seconds for those at home. Uh, we were sitting around the the dining table before the heat at World University Games, 4x4. Myself, Andrew Hurst and Alex Crewe eating, you know, a bit of dry chicken and a bit of salad. Like, yeah, you know, there's a 400 metres coming up. Tom Gamble comes and sits down as a 100-meter runner with a big bowl of spaghetti. He's like, oh, why are you guys eating that? And then uh, cut to the the post-event room, and he's vomiting up the spaghetti. Come to the final, no spaghetti pre-race, and he's, uh, we've run four seconds quicker. and come sixth in uni games, fifth? I think the Russians keep getting disqualified, so we keep moving up a space every year. Watch this. Look, we'll be first at World Uni Games very shortly. But look... My all-time team, I've got even more specific. So if you go to the Athletics Australia's rankings from uh, on their website, they do have the splits. So the fastest ever first leg in the men's 4x4 team was done by Joel Milburn back in 2008 at Beijing. You're in 44-9, but I've got him elsewhere. So second fastest was John Stephenson, 2006 John Stephenson. Shout out to Alec Diamond, 45-1. He ran on that first leg. So he's kicking off my fantasy team. In second, I've got Darren Clark, but I haven't got 88 Darren Clark. I've got 84 Darren Clark when he ran 43.86 in 1984. Now, if you go to YouTube and watch the 1984 4x4, it's fantastic. The commentators, I think it's OJ Simpson for some reason and Jim Nance, and they're commentating the Americans. They've just killed it, obviously. They're in America. Darren Clark's actually leading them down the back straight. And they're like, oh, watch for the American. He's going to, you know, he's, he's such good form. Look at his stride. He looks beautiful. He's coming into the home straight. He's going to take over. And then Darren actually just kicks away from them as a young fella. It's unbelievable to watch him. Now, controversial, I know, but I have Clinton Hill in third. I know he's known for his last leg in, uh, in Athens, but in Beijing 2008, he dropped a 44-4 running third. He dropped 44-6 in Athens on that last leg, but 44-4 in third. And he passed it to the second fastest split in a 4x4 all-time Joel Milburn in Beijing 2008. So I've got a little bit of, you know, that chemistry there between Hill, 44-4 to Milburn, 44-2. Milburn dropped in Beijing. Now, he had an unbelievable Olympics Joel Milburn, he ran 44.80 in his heat in Beijing. He ran a 45.0 in the semis. And then in the heat of the 4x4, he runs 44.9. And in the final of the 4x4, he runs 44.28. What a championships for Joel Milburn? Now, if you add up those splits, Stephenson, one, Clark, 43.86, Hill, 44.41, Milburn, 44.28. That is a 2.57.65. It's two seconds past the Australian record. What a team. Unbelievable. Now, I was chatting to Rowan Laurende earlier today. Now, on the Channel 7 footage that they have for Athens, you don't actually get to see Clinton Hill pass all the teams. I think it was Nigeria and GB around the bend because they're focusing on the Americans who are so far in front of everyone else. But on YouTube, if you search, I think it is... Paul Lauren Day. You might be hearing my fingers clicking in the background here. Oh, it doesn't work if you type YouTube into Word document. That's not going to work. Bear with me here. If you type in Paul Lauren Day into YouTube, you will see his footage from that race. And there it is. So Paul Lauren, P A U L, obviously space, L-A-U-R-E-N-D-E-T. And it's a four by four Athens. And it's from the back straight. So you actually get to see Clinton Hill make that supreme pass from about 2.30 in, leads his field around and then kicks home. Unbelievable. Goosebumps induced video. Now, Rowan did put me up to this. If you start the Bruce McEvaney commentary at the same time with Paul's footage, you then also get, again, the goosebump-inducing, spine-tingling Bruce McEvaney commentary with actually seeing Clinton Hill pass everyone. And it's just, uh, you look, you know, put that straight into my veins. I'll watch that any time I need to get fired up. So, look, that's the first episode of Athletics Tonight. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to watching the Fontaine Classic on whatever day it is. I think it's August 21st in America, so it'll be probably the morning of 22nd for us. I can't wait for it. It's going to be an absolute rip-snorter of an event. I've been your host, Matt Lynch. Look, let us know if you enjoyed it, what you want to hear more of. But we're going to be back. There's two Diamond Leagues next week. You've got Athletissima in Lausanne and Meeting de Paris, the Paris Diamond League, on the 28th. So the 26th for Athletisme in Lausanne in Zurich, not Zurich, in Switzerland, and on the 28th, Paris Diamond League. So next week we'll have a a review of Eugene and a preview of those two Diamond Leagues. There's so many Aussies coming. Hopefully when I come back, we're talking about some Australian records. I can't wait for it. I've been Matt Lynch, and thank you for listening to Athletics Tonight.